Hey there, where have you been? Welcome to the No Jet Stress podcast, the show that helps you maintain optimal health and peak performance as a road warrior, no matter how much you travel. I'm your host, Christopher Babiodi, traveler wellness advocate, nutritional therapist, author, and ex-flight attendant of 20 years at British Airways, one of the UK's largest airlines. Welcome back to part two of our conversation with Anne Sederall of LeapShift Consulting. We rejoin the conversation and in this episode, we touch on the state of talent and recruitment within the aviation industry and cover a particular issue that is close to Anne's heart. Listen out for the opportunity to get involved. Anne also discusses topics covering panels she hosted during the aviation festivals. These include ESG, greenwashing, and much more. Join us. And uh, I think it was um, highlighted superlatively um, coming out of the uh, pandemic, where travel, hospitalities, and tourism really suffered from having a lack um, of uh, quality talent to fill positions to to move forward. So much so that we had airlines left, right, and centre um, apologizing, um, yes. you know, because they just could not attract uh, the talent. And yet, you know, we still seem to be on that trajectory unless something is is, is done. Um, I, I don't know the answer to that. Uh, do you have any suggestions as to who might be willing to recognize it as an imminent problem that needs to be solved? Well, one one recommendation, because something that I hear a lot as people say oh well AI is going to replace me anyway or you know this is going to be changed and modernized and that actually circles back to what we talked about about the you know the CEO working on board etc because you have to so let's say you have a person who works with code share just an example um you have to have this person understanding what we mean by using AI for example Instead of this person just keeps hearing that AI is going to replace me. So this this whole, um, let's call it education then, right? You, you, need to, you need to involve and educate the people that work, work for your airline. And they also need to, to, they need to understand that journey as well. They need to be involved in that journey. And yeah. and uh, whereas I, it's really sad when people just oh you know this is why this is my little box and this is what I do and I don't really understand what the box mm-hmm. actually does that you know <laughs> in the in the end and that I always find really sad really yeah. really sad. Um, yeah. um, uh, an observation for myself is that there's a I believe it's a think tank um, out of and and I bring this up in the context of customer service and the experience there's a think tank out of uh, silicon valley known as transformational tech and silicon valley being the tech hub of mm-hmm. the world i guess you might say um these guys are acutely aware of the fact that we can have the best tech that we can create but it still needs a human to deliver it right it does and 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 that you know that is something that ai has not yet been able to replicate maybe it will do that uh sometime in the future but Mm -hmm. this is the here and now and therefore 
having that background context and knowledge that's deep enough to understand the nuances of you know combining technology with the the customer experience that people have mm-hmm. is, is is a hard needle to thread but it's um it's one that needs to be done so we can't yet um throw out the idea of really having people be engaged understanding yes. yeah. and working or at least having a peripheral understanding of you know the walls uh, beyond their silo within which they're working in and um, transformational tech specifically make it a point to have people understand that yes we can have the perfect technology but it still yes, requires yeah. the human element to deliver it it does it does and also uh, another problem that i see with airlines is that they typically don't have the same experience as the passenger they don't book in the same way. They don't use the same tools as the passenger. They don't use the um, the website or the app or or any of that. And and that should be a requirement. Yeah, that that really is a requirement in my book because if you don't understand what the customer is going through, if you don't have any problems with changing stuff or whatever or or. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm shocked, like Chris, when I flew down to Spain and I had a problem and the only contact to the airline was a phone number and I had to call the airline. And you just think, really? Uh, it's, it, so, so, you know, we definitely need, we need the right technology that can help us and that can, and I, I really don't understand it. Have they, have they, calculated have they done the business case on that i mean there is so much that can be solved through good technology right but also like you're saying connection with the with the human right and also if the human can be offloaded with the sort of pointless or meaningless stuff that they have to work with right then of course the job is more fun i mean it's a no-brainer it's a win-win on 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 all all aspects yeah. yeah it's it's kind of like um you have a chef and he says yeah i, I work at this um restaurant this five-star restaurant or this two-star restaurant whatever but i wouldn't eat there <laughs> you're cooking the food but you wouldn't eat there and you know my yes. <laughs> my, yes. my 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 little experience of that is um a story of um uh, we used to fly to LAX and as mm. crew you get off the aircraft um you go through to the crew channel and mm. there might be one or two mm. other crews in front of you or behind you but you're pretty much out there and done and within an hour you're at the hotel doing whatever you want to do done mm. i had reason to go to LA while not being crew but traveling as yeah. a passenger and i'm telling you for two hours 45 minutes i was at lax <laughs> trying to get through the crew were probably on their their, their dinner or something or you know their yeah. it was it was crazy and that was the yeah. real lived experience yeah of yeah. Of, of, of of passengers who just got off the mm-hmm. plane and yeah well maybe airlines don't necessarily have control of that but it's within our aviation industry and there must mm. be some kind of solution to help that because that shouldn't be the norm as busy uh, as busy yeah. as, as it yeah. is. So yeah, I, I really yeah. feel that, and it was um, it's one of those things that definitely needs a, a lot more a lot more um, attention to. And it does. I, 
It does. Understanding the pain points of the customer, I think, is is really critical, really important. And also, I think that airlines need to go and fly other airlines as well. Yeah. Yeah. Check out and see what what they like and and dislike for that matter. Yeah. So um, just behind you is the logo of Women in Aviation International. Yes. And it's an organization that champions women in the aviation industry. Uh, Tell us a bit more about that in relationship to talent and careers for women in aviation, because I think it's an important highlight. It truly is. Um, As you know, I'm very passionate about it. I'm the communications uh, chair in in uh, Women in Aviation International Scandinavia. And uh, we, uh, you know, we, we offer scholarships, we offer networking, uh, and it is a, it's a, a platform, of course, for, for women in any part of, of the aviation business. But most importantly, what we do once a year is Girls in Aviation Day. And where we are, where girls from the age, I believe it's seven till 16, could be 17. I should know. I know. Shame on you, Anne. Um, uh, And we invite them to meet. uh, We do this digitally and we also do it in person. So we arrange events um, uh, at various different locations and different chapters. And they can literally meet people from who work in all sorts of, of work in, in aviation. I mean, it can be something as boring as me and distribution, right? But it can, of course, be pilots. It can be um, really cool stuff like helicopter pilots. Uh, it can, But it's also very importantly that they meet flight mechanics, engineers. Right. And because, you know, the, the statistics are pretty shocking. I think it's around 7% female pilots in the world globally. The airline in the world that has the most female pilots is now Indigo. Number two is Air India. But wow. Indigo, Indigo is somewhere close to 14% of female mm-hmm. pilots. Um, and I, I must say that Asia in general, I'm really impressed with Air Asia, who's got an academy for flight engineers and flight mechanics, for example, which is, and they really encourage and try to sponsor and help women in particular. But, you know, our tiny piece of the work or the puzzle is that we we let the, the people meet and they right. can ask all those questions. And we are, um, you know, sometimes brutally honest, like a good, fr- I have six friends of mine who are pilots and a, a good friend of mine, she is a cargo pilot because she just says that cargo is just so much nicer than people. <laughs> and she gets to talk about what it's like to to be a cargo pilot right and how she flies and and uh how that works and it's it's fascinating and of course it is a great way to get talent and to to get interest right from from a very early age and we do tremendously well in the in the in the americas also, I would say in, in Asia, but I must say that in Europe, we are struggling. We're struggling to get the attention on this. And to me, it's a no-brainer. I'm an airline. Why shouldn't I sponsor something like Girls yeah. in Aviation Day? Because yeah. of my future needs, right? Yeah, exactly. yeah. yeah. 
So I'm grateful that I get to say something about, as you as you can see, I shamelessly <laughs> promote women in aviation. Excellent. I also, yeah, I also founded during the pandemic, together with Dania Stacia at IBS, um, we co-founded a group called Ladies Beyond Flying because it became very clear to us during the pandemic that women are not as as good at networking as men are. It's just a fact they're not. And women don't have that that sort of large um, network and they don't feel that they've got people to reach out to, to ask, you know, for advice regarding their careers, et cetera. Uh, so Ladies Beyond Flying is a LinkedIn group. It's free to, to join. Men are also welcome. Like in women in aviation, men are very, very welcome as, as uh, buddies and partners and sponsors and, you know, in, in whatever shape or form there. Um, and uh, we actually, for Ladies Beyond Flying, we've been uh, awarded one of the most innovative groups on, on LinkedIn. So, Oh, great. Uh, Congratulations. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. Really and and, and um, from my perspective, um, part of uh, the research for my book, Farewell Jet Lag Cures from a Flight Attendant, um, it was written in 2016. And at the time, it was, and it still is, overwhelmingly, uh, as far as cabin crew is concerned, female dominated. And from a health perspective, it's imperative that the employers of uh, these women, ladies, um, understand that um, because the, the business is unhealthy in a certain respect, being cabin crew, being a shift worker, and all that implies, yes. looking after and really making sure you have people who want to be, um, who want to come into the business, into the airline, and your ability to make sure that they are healthy um, and look after their health, all of that. Mm -hmm. Yes, there's some responsibility. responsibility on the person themselves but encouraging that pipeline should also factor into the way airlines go about what they're doing and one of the, the sad statistics um, that I came across was that autoimmune um, uh, challenges are predominantly and harder hit sorry hit women harder than oh. males oh. in the business so yes. you know, there's a real um, business case to be made wow. to protect yeah. your asset in that yes. respect uh, and therefore, highlighting women in aviation and the like is is really important um, in that respect in and of itself. It is. It and is. I, I also wanted to, just in case um, anyone had any misgivings, uh, I think you mentioned the uh, the age bracket where you can come to that day. But there's, you know, it's not prohibitively expensive to to join um, women in aviation, is no, it? No, no, it's not, and it's actually free for that age group as well. And so we have um, um, various membership levels and and also open to um, to negotiating that or, you know, we have like uh, student memberships, et cetera, et cetera. So it's it's not very prohibitive in any way. Um, uh, I'd also like to say that when it comes to sponsorship, you know, we're so grateful for anything we can get. I mean, you know, just getting... 
a hundred dollars is something that you know it makes us quite happy. I mean, a hundred dollars is a hundred dollars. I mean, you know, we wish it's ten thousand dollars, but you know, it's uh, we're just happy with whatever airlines can contribute to with these promotions. And uh, and actually, coming back to cabin crew, that's also an interesting um, fact for you that. I do know actually four women who started off as cabin crew and became pilots. There we go. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. So this is a shout out to all airlines, particularly in Europe, to consider um, yes. looking up women in aviation international and partnering with them for the good of the course and your own self-interest. So hopefully we can drum up some interest in that respect as well. Thank you. Thank you for that, Chris. You're very welcome. You're very welcome. So um, moving on a bit now, um, the conversations. Conversations are always a good starting point as we're having on ourselves. Conversations in and around the forums that you've attended recently what do you think are the impetus for change? What are you hearing, um, particularly in the terms of wellness, ESG, and mm-hmm. uh, I guess um, operating procedures or, or whatever? What are you hearing on the ground? Because I think you went and you did just like four panels on various things. I did, yes. At Aviation Festival, I, I, I moderated four panels and, and four fireside chats, actually. Very, very interesting all of this was with the focus on ancillaries and also an intermodal. So, of course, intermodal is, is a very hot topic. I'll be talking about intermodal at GBTA in Hamburg as well, because we need to, to combine rail and air in a better way. I mean, you know, we're seeing it already. We're seeing some bold moves by KLM, particularly here. Um, and rail itself just has to become better. I mean, it's typically good within a country, but the minute you go transporter, yes, there are plenty of, of challenges there. So those are topics. Uh, you went, when you mentioned ESG, I think it's, it's really good to see that we finally talk about that it's more than environment, that, right. that yeah, that it is social that it is governance right that we partner with the that we partner with the right partners that we work with the right people that we you know these are our values this is what we stand for and and also of course the financial well you know what people will say they say oh we should stop flying altogether no flights mm-hmm. let's ban all of it and like go away and um uh, well i don't think that that's feasible i know you don't either i and love really- the way if i just continue i love the way the business travel organization um uh, probably about a year ago now put out a a a quick video it was during covid i think that talked mm-hmm. about the, the the travel pound because it was talking mm-hmm. about the travel economy as far as the uk was concerned and how um it you know, we tend to think of uh, travel as being this, um, you know, lu- always this luxury thing. Mm-hmm. Some of the essentials of stuff that we take for granted are are necessary and necessitated and supported by the fact that we travel. So to yes. to think that there will ever come a day when we can just ignore that. I mean, the the silly example that I I use is 
you know, you, you sit down for breakfast in the morning and you have, um, I don't know, your your avocados from Bolivia or something. Okay, well, maybe we shouldn't necessarily be importing avocados from Bolivia, but this is where we're at. And, you yeah. know, all this is facilitated and, and helped by the fact that we can travel, we can trade, and we are a global economy. And the yes. more we get used yeah. to that, the better we can understand that we need to find innovative and creative solutions so we yes. don't have people thinking that it's reasonable to think that there will come a time when we don't travel. And just just look at the you know the segment of family and friends, right? Yes. And and visiting. Imagine if someone said, "No, you can never fly again. You can't visit your family in Australia ever again. You can never meet them in person." Um, I don't, you know, it it, it that would seem very hard. So yes, and I don't like the slow boat to China either. So <laughs> no. I don't want to take that to get out to then connect down to Australia. <laughs> You can, I guess, you can if you if you can work remote anyway. You've got Starlink, right? And you can you can just carry on working on the slow boat to China, and then another boat, of course, from China to Australia. Yes, Not you could. Happen. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, I don't think it was though any of those particular forums, but I do know that at GBTA Dallas, um, I was encouraged to hear that well-being was um, taking um, a more prominent role or was being at least talked about more specifically um, in the aviation forum. Did you find anything like that or whether it was anything specific like that? I mean, I guess maybe in ESG social, because that impacts people, that could be part of it. Yes, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, like I said, for Aviation Festival, that was my track of doing ancillaries and intermodal, right? So, uh, and of course, working that track I wasn't able to follow any of the other tracks so uh, I'm not the best reference person for you but something that also caught my attention uh, at Future Travel Summit uh, in Barcelona was that there was a lot of talk about the good the bad the ugly with uh, collaborating with startups and that was a very interesting uh, panel that I found so inspirational because, I mean, it was real hands-on advice from companies. How do we work with startups? Because, you know, you know, a, a, a small startup just cannot handle answering RFPs with 4,500 questions and, you know, all this waste of time in, in the way to work together. And, and uh, it was particularly interesting to listen to Boeing, how they work and how they sort of translate the startup language to the corporate and vice versa. Very interesting. Very interesting. Interesting. So um, one last thing in terms of this ESG, we've got to talk about the elephant in the room, or should I say the jumbo in the room is more appropriate. Excuse (laughs) me. (laughs) Jumbo. (laughs) Ha ha. Um, the jumbo in the room, greenwashing, it goes on in the airline industry. Yes, it's it does. It's a shame that it does. Um, mm-hmm. What are your thoughts and what can we, what are you hearing and what can we, what can we do to, to, to move things on? Yeah. And, and, and in a way, I'm quite pleased when I see that very heavy fines and I see that, you know, because it's been, and, and on one hand, you hear airlines saying, I, I saw a report now by a Norwegian saying that oh, people are not interested in paying, you know, only 1% are interested in paying for an offset, right? 
But that actually brings me back to how do I know that this offset is really, like you say, there is greenwashing. I've heard it myself. I've actually heard it from an airline telling me, of course, totally off the record, uh, saying that, you know, half of this money doesn't go towards any of this, right? It really is something pocketed by the airline. It's just horrendous, right? So I don't think that people don't have a desire to do something. It's just that they don't necessarily understand what it's used for. I want to mention EasyJet because I really like what they do. They do talk about what they do. They don't ask you to offset or pay. They actually explain the work that they're doing. And to me, that is absolutely brilliant. And I also like what I'm seeing now with initiatives like Skyfinity, um, um, money that you can you can say, okay, you want to contribute with this money towards innovation, towards startups, towards uh, technology that's real. And they explain what that technology is. Because mm. we both know that just planting a tree is pretty meaningless. That, I mean, don't get me started on this planting of trees. I mean, then there are parts of the world where you don't need to plant, plant any trees. And I mean, come on, it's just, it's, it's, um, this has got to change. So I think it's about the, the trust and that we see that it's going towards something that is truly meaningful. Right. right. And of course, people react, you know, with greenwashing when they hear of these scandals. And, and these airlines being fined, um, that is a broken trust. And we know that it takes 16 positive experience to make up for one negative one. And, and I think particularly when we feel cheated on this, we find it disgusting, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a violation of, of trust. And we're giving we it in good like faith it. as well. And that, yeah. you know, that's, that's I mean, for my, myself yes. personally, I, I found the conversation to be convoluted and very complicated because there are different standards and different things and different ways of measuring. Yes. And I got clarity from um, a colleague um, who basically went down that pathway and gave me the understanding that while there are advocates and there should be advocates for this because it is about yes. our and it's yeah. important yeah. um the critical mass that we need in order to make a meaningful change or turn that corner is less than we think and therefore if we can actually just be part of that critical mass um yes. we can potentially yeah. get somewhere and he proved it with an example of i think i can't remember the specific industry but it, it, it translates and i believe therefore that if we can make it simple to understand Yep. and do whatever we're doing in good faith with transparency, then it will be easier for people to get on board and understand what they're contributing to, what Absolutely. the return on investment is in the immediate as yep. well as the future, because yep. everyone's going to plant trees, plant trees, plant trees. Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, yeah. You know, we want something that's also going to start now, even if yeah. they're setting levels of carbon, you know, in the in the environment to be X by X amount of years, so on. So yeah, this yeah. simplicity, transparency, and trust. Yeah, 
as long as we have those at the forefront, I think we could do a lot. Of course, of course, with loyalty, you have a fantastic opportunity also to engage, right? So I, I particularly want to call out do good points because they talk about return on giving, ROG, right? And imagine you engage people in your loyalty program towards this kind of, of innovation or you know, just involve them and engage them and tell them the stories. That's what people need to, to hear. So you've heard of greenwashing. Wait until you hear about Hermina, older brother. Join us in part three of my conversation with Anne Sederon. Until the next time, wherever you go, farewell.